Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 123 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 123 of WrestleTopia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And we are five days away from WWE Hell in a Cell going down live from the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. And we have an all-raw show thus far. It feels like a brand exclusive pay-per-view, but it's not. Hopefully SmackDown adds some matches in the next few days, but it's very raw heavy right now. And the matches are not bad necessarily. And I think this would be another sneaky good show by WWE, but it feels like a raw pay-per-view from 2016. That's not necessarily a bad thing because I think the raw roster is in much better shape than it was a year or two ago, but SmackDown for a while was viewed as the A show and to see Monday Night Raw clipping them as of late is very telling and that's kind of what happens when you unify the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles and you have one champ on both shows in the form of Roman Reigns as well and he's not working this pay-per-view and most likely not working Money in the Bank as well so you've got to be able to elevate the United States Championship which you're trying to do this Sunday which I'll get to shortly but the IC title once again has not been defended since last year's WrestleMania at a premium live event. That is something that must change as soon as possible. And when you don't have Roman Reigns on TV every week, he's not doing arena show pay-per-views anymore. You got to elevate that title. It's got to mean something on these shows moving forward. And you're just hoping that WWE realizes that in due time. But without further ado, let's take a deep dive into last night's show, which went down live for the Wells Fargo Arena and Moore, Iowa. And we kick things off with Becky Lynch bragging about the fact that she was added to the Raw Women's Championship match of Hell in a Cell featuring the champion Bianca Belair alongside Asuka. And Becky notes that the fans have been praying for a downfall for a very long time but she's picking herself right back up and putting herself back in contention for the Raw Women's Championship this Sunday on pay-per-view she notes that she's been living off of coffee and spice since 2002 and that she collects enemies and not friends and she goes back to Money in the Bank 2020 where Asuka climbed the ladder from the top of WWE headquarters on the rooftop no less to become Miss Money in the Bank 2020 the next night on Raw Asuka finds out that you not only won the Money in the Bank briefcase case you also won the Raw Women's Championship because Becky Lynch was pregnant at the time and we had that heartwarming moment between Becky and Asuka before Becky went on maternity leave and Becky says I created life like the god I am and I gave Asuka my championship to keep safe in my absence but little did I know that I created a monster because at first all I wanted to do was to return and win back my championship from Asuka but she got greedy she became egotistical. She became self-indulgent. She became selfish. And I cannot allow that to continue. And Asuka comes out to confront Becky Lynch to let her know that Becky and Bianca are not ready for Asuka heading into Sunday's premium live event, which leads to Bianca Belair coming out. And she is game for Sunday's triple threat match. She knows the numbers are against her, but she's certain that she's going to walk out. Still, Raw Women's Champion, and she likes to let her actions speak louder than words. She lets Asuka know that even though I respect you, I have not forgotten that you kicked me upside the head last week. And I'm going to express myself via our matchup regarding my true feelings in the situation. As for Becky Lynch, I'll see you on Sunday, but let it be known that 
The same thing that happened at WrestleMania is going to happen this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. And Becky punches Bianca Belair, which leads to a three-way scrap involving Bianca, Asuka, and Becky. Asuka and Bianca lay out Becky Lynch with a KOD hip attack combo that knocks Becky off the ring apron. As we go to commercial break, we come back and it's Asuka versus Bianca Belair one-on-one with Becky Lynch on guest commentary. And the match is very good as Asuka and Bianca traded counters early on before both took a spill on the floor as we go to commercial break we come back and Asuka fires up with a spinning back fist followed by a German suplex and hip attack on Bianca Belair for a near fall at one point Asuka is going for the arm bar an ankle lock and a guillotine but Bianca Belair powers through and delivers a vertical suplex for a very close near fall she lands a picture perfect handspring moonsault for a near fall as well and as she goes for the KOD Asuka goes out of that and goes for the Asuka lock Bianca is able to fight through and drop Asuka with the glam slam Asuka goes for a roll-up, but Bianca reverses the roll-up with a roll-up of her own for the win. The transition wasn't smooth, but it was a very good match nonetheless as Asuka loses again, heading into Hell in a Cell. But Becky Lynch had the last word when she laid out Asuka with the follow-away slam and Bianca with the manhandle slam. And Becky stood tall when it was all said and done, heading into her triple-threat match against Bianca and Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship Hell in a Cell this Sunday on Peacock. And I thought this was a nice way to build up this match. Unfortunately, Asuka has lost back-to-back weeks, and 50-50 booking is never a good thing because it waters down the match, of course, on paper. And in reality, the match would deliver, but you lose a bit of the juice when you book your challengers to lose on TV over and over again. It dilutes my interest. I love all three ladies individually, and the match would be very good. But Asuka's booking has been a choice as of late and not a good one at that, heading into Sunday's show. Next up is a six-man tag team match featuring the Mysterios and Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens in the Alpha Academy. And this match is fine for what it was as the Mysterios and Ezekiel try to deliver a series of missed drop kicks to Otis that eventually knocked him out the ring. But as Dominic went posing on the top rope, Chad Gable tripped him up and he got slammed into the barricade a short time later. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Dominic is still the babyface in until he makes a hot tag to Ezekiel, who cleans house on Kevin Owens and Chad Gable. He delivers a jumping knee strike to Kevin, followed by running singer splashes in the corner to both Chad Gable and Owens at one point. He picks up Gable and delivers an airplane spin into a powerbomb for a near fall that's broken up by Otis. Dominic goes for a crossbody on Otis. Otis picks him up in midair, but Ray comes through with a seated senton on Otis. And Ray Mysterio was going for the 619 on Kevin Owens. Owens ducks it. He goes for a super kick. He super kicks Chad Gable instead. And Ray and Dominic land a double 619 on Kevin Owens. Chad Gable is a legal man, and that allows Ezekiel to deliver a spinning suplex to a brain buster for the win a very fun six-man tag that popped the crowd towards the end and Kevin Owens has a meltdown at ringside he almost goes after Corey Graves Jimmy Smith and Byron Saxton but he calms down long enough to walk away from the situation which leads into his match against Ezekiel this Sunday at Hell in a Cell and I am very curious to see how the Chicago crowd is going to react Kevin Owens will be over Ezekiel could be over as a cult-like figure but we'll see what he delivers against KO when it counts most in the ring. Their first singles match in this feud should be good. But I want Ezekiel to stand out a bit more in terms of personality in the ring. He looks like creator wrestler number five from 2K22. And Elias had way more presence 
as a wrestler. The skill set for Ezekiel, though, has improved a lot since his downtime. But I just want those two melded together to be a more complete performer because you see the pieces there. The personality is clearly with Elias. The ring set is with Ezekiel. Merge two together and you have a superstar that can get over with the masses if given the right material on a regular basis. But KL is MVP for carrying this feud this far heading into Sunday's premium live event. Next up is Cody Rhodes and the Pyrotechnics team came through this week. They timed everything perfectly and Cody came out around nine o'clock. No Cody clock this week and Cody was suited and booted and ready to talk about Seth Rollins heading into their Hell in a Cell match this Sunday in Chicago. And Cody tells the crowd that he respects Seth Rollins. He knows for a fact that he's a generational talent. His father said so during Seth's time in NXT about 10 years ago. And he knows what Seth can do. And he was a little nervous heading into his match at WrestleMania against Seth Rollins. He wondered, could I measure up to this guy? And I did so not once but twice at WrestleMania and WrestleMania Backlash. And that has driven Seth mad. He's obsessed with me. He is an egomaniac that can't get these losses out of his system. So now it comes down to Hell in a Cell this Sunday. Arguably my biggest challenge to date. The most important match since my return to WWE. And all the respect and self-control I had for Seth is going to be locked outside of that cell on Sunday. Because I am going to destroy him. I'm going to maim him. I'm going to humble him. And that led to Seth Rollins coming out through the crowd in Des Moines, Iowa. And this is Seth Rollins' territory. This is his hometown. And they're rocking with him. They're split for Cody as well. As Seth notes, I don't like you, Cody. I don't like the fact that you're back, that the people chant for you continuously. And it just makes your ego bigger and bigger. And you're talking about me. Let's get a few things straight, shall we? Six years ago, you walked away from WWE because you weren't good enough. So you and your friends decided to create a company and come after me to destroy everything that I've built and you failed and you came back six years later to a hero's welcome. The prodigal son has returned and I'm not going to let you take what belongs to me. You don't get to take a sledgehammer to the throne and then try to take that same throne from me. That's not going to happen on my watch. I won't let you do it. So at Hell in a Cell on Sunday, I am going to end you. I am going to change you. And finally, we will all wake up from this American nightmare once and for all. And Cody is ready to fight Seth, saying, you talk a big game from up there, but there's nothing between me but these ropes and that barricade. So get your ass down here and let's not wait until Sunday. Let's get into this right now. And Seth feigns making his way over the barricade and says, oh no, Cody, I'll see you on Sunday. And Cody jumps over the barricade. He jumps Seth and they have a fantastic brawl through the crowd at ringside. And we got a whole lot of producers and reps trying to break up the fight and they keep scrapping. It's a great brawl. The fans are chanting, this is awesome. The Cody crowd comes through for Cody as well with the chants. And the best part of this brawl was that both men are separated a couple of times. They get back to scrap for a bit, but Cody goes backstage. You think it's all over and done with, but Cody comes charging through the entranceway and he goes after Seth again. And Seth's eyes are bugging out saying, I see you in hell, Cody. And Cody is just pissed off and angry. And I loved this. This was their best 
segment to date to build up a match heading into a PLE. And I think that their Hell in a Cell match this Sunday at the eponymous pay-per-view is going to be one of the best Hell in a Cell matches this decade since the pay-per-view's inception. I don't want to be too balls and say one of the greatest Cell matches ever. It could be. I'm not going to sell them short on that because Cody and Seth have delivered outstanding matches at WrestleMania and WrestleMania Backlash. And this cell match is the perfect way to blow off their feud. They're going to do crazy shit. I expect blood from Cody. It's a tradition like no other. And Seth Rollins is one of the best big match performers in WWE history. And he's going to show up and show out. I expect this match to be spectacular. Every match is hit and Seth is in a zone when he's got something meaningful to do. And his feud with Cody is just that. It reminds me of the work Seth did against Edge last summer and fall and earlier this year against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship heading into the Warrior Rumble. And those marquee feuds were everything. The finish at the Rumble sucked, but the buildup was great. Seth can laugh. He can cackle like the Joker. But when it's time to put in that work, he is otherworldly. That is my word for him when he is working at a high level and Seth Rollins is that and then some. And Cody Rhodes has done great as well. I love this segment for him. You felt the intensity. You felt the anger. And it was just a well-produced brawl. And Seth's promo was the kicker that set off this fight in the best possible way heading into Sunday's pay-per-view. Next up is Alexa Bliss versus Dewdrop. The match was kind of there. Dewdrop goes for a Vader bomb splash, but Alexa Bliss moves out of the way. She goes for Twisted Bliss. Nikki Ash provides a distraction briefly, but Alexa hits her finisher for the win, and this was pretty nondescript. Alexa's return has been very meh. The good news is she's racking up wins, but the character right now is very one note. She smiles, she delivers punk rock, and she has Lily, and that's about it. And that's not a good thing. Alexa Bliss is one of the more versatile performers in WWE, can cut a promo for days. Her in-ring work can hit when need be, but this presentation thus far leaves a lot to be desired. The good news is she's racking up wins, but I need more depth from her in the weeks to come. Next up is Miz TV involving The Miz and The Street Profits. And The Street Profits completely upstage The Miz, hijack his shtick, thankfully. And they give him the it doesn't matter what you think, which was hilarious. Then he goes to put his hand up to tell them to go hush. But Angelo Dawkins high fives The Miz. I laughed at that. And they continue to troll this man, which made me very happy. So eventually he scurries away when Dana Brooke is running away from 24-7 challengers. And I don't care about the 24-7 madness of it all. But I will say that Tamina hit a Samoan drop on Dana Brooke to become the new 24-7 champion for about a minute until Akira Tazawa rolled her up for the win after getting a kiss from his soon-to-be ex-wife. And he walked away with the championship for now. Despite the kookiness of this segment, the Street Profits were great trolling The Miz, and that makes me happy at the end of the day. The Miz deserves all the smoke and so much more after his very lackluster performance against Cody Rhodes last Monday. Next up is Mustafa Ali versus Ciampa. The match was fine, but Ciampa dominated the majority of this match, but the highlight was Ali delivering an absolutely sickening tope to Ciampa on the outside, 
But as Ali was trying to get back in the ring, Theory deliberately caused a DQ. He beat up Ali at ringside, slammed him against the ring steps and a ring post, and he grabs the mic to let Ali know that a win is a win, even by disqualification. So if you want this championship match so badly, let's not wait until later. Let's do it right now. And the match does take place after the commercial break. The fans, upon our return from break, start a very light and tepid CM Punk chant. And at this point, no, 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 no. We don't do that here anymore. You can see Punk every Wednesday and or Friday on Dynamite or Rampage as your new reigning defending AEW World Champion. Check him out on TBS, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. CM Punk does not want to come back to WWE. You want to see him so bad, you watch Dynamite. That chant at this point alongside the what chant is the height of disrespect to your performers that are trying to put on a show for you in the ring. Now, granted, this feud between Ali and Theory has been very lopsided thus far, and Ali had one hope spot, which was a Tornado DDT for a close near fall. He goes up top for the 450 splash, but Theory trips him up on the ropes. It's the eight-town down for the win to retain the United States Championship, and Adam Pierce lets Theory know that Vince appreciates what his protege did out there. Very crafty, very sneaky, but he wants to see a more fair and even matchup this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. So it's going to be a championship rematch between Theory and Ali for the U.S. title in Chicago at the All-State Arena. And I go back to a SmackDown in Chicago last December, and that was supposed to be a nice night for Ali, but it did not happen. And I honestly do not know what WWE is going to do in this situation. Chicago is going to love this man on Sunday. Will they give the hometown guy the win to give the hometown crowd something to be happy about in the shy? One of your most passionate fan bases in America. Can you give them one good day? I doubt it. But I'm hopeful that they will try to make a star in one night in the shy come Sunday night. Next up is a tag team match that was given the Cody Clock treatment this week featuring the Usos, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions of the World versus Shisuke Nakamura and Riddle. And this match was pretty good. This was a match that was a story of near falls that had the crowd on the edge of their seat. At one point, Riddle was the babyface in peril until Nakamura got the hot tag and delivered a flying knee strike to Jimmy Uso. Jay caused a distraction, which allows Jimmy to nail Nakamura with a super kick and Jay goes up top for the Uso splash which is broken up by Riddle but eventually the Usos lay out Nakamura and Riddle at ringside as we go to commercial break we come back and Riddle makes a hot tag and one's wild on Jay with a suplex and senton combination Nakamura makes a blind tag or Riddle's on the floor and he nails Jay with a Kinshasa out of nowhere for a near fall that's broken up barely by Jimmy Uso Riddle is back in the ring hitting Jimmy and Jay with snap power slams he hits Jay with a draping DDT cause for the RKO but Jay avoids it and as Riddle is stuck between the ropes, Jimmy is going to hit Riddle with a scooter. Riddle blocks the first attempt, but not the second, which draws an automatic disqualification. So I guess despite the DQ win, Riddle and Nakamura will earn a shot at the undisputed WWE tag team titles at a date to be determined. After the match is over, Nakamura goes after Jimmy, and Jimmy says Nakamura over the barricade. And the Usos are going to double team Riddle with a double Uso splash coast to coast. But Nakamura trips Jimmy off the ropes and Riddle recovers and delivers a super RKO to Jay from the top rope to end the segment on a high note. But back to back DQ segments suck. 
that's not a way to get the crowd excited. Granted, the fans popped for the aftermath shenanigans, but come on. That was a cop-out finish by WWE, and it will lead to Nakamura and Riddle versus the Usos for the unified tag team titles at a date to be determined preferably at Hell in a Cell this Sunday because SmackDown has no representation at this time with five days to go. So here's hoping this gets added to the card in the days to come. Next up is Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley. Liv Morgan comes out around 1015 Eastern. She stands in the ring through a commercial break. We come back and we see a backstage segment featuring Ali getting jumped by Austin Theory. We get a complete rundown of the Hell in a Cell card going down this Sunday on Peacock. And we have Rhea's entrance as we go to yet another commercial break. Liv Morgan stood in that fucking ring for two whole segments 20 minutes passed us by until this match got underway at around 10 35 p.m eastern i could have swore lacey evans was supposed to have her return match last night it did not happen so they were really stretching for time Rhea versus Liv was good it picked up after the commercial break when Rhea ripley was able to catch Liv mid her a karana and she slams her very hard against the barricade as we go to commercial break, we come back and we got AJ Styles at ringside alongside Damian Priest. At one point, Liv is able to fight back with a beautiful crossbody from the top rope to Rhea on the outside. She goes for oblivion, but Damian Priest holds Rhea back from taking the finish. AJ Styles gets involved by knocking out Damian Priest, and Rhea is going to roll up Liv for the win. Liv kicks out. Rhea goes for the riptide, but Liv counters with a backstabber, and she rolls up Rhea for the win. A good day for Liv at long last. We got shenanigans courtesy of Priest and AJ Styles once again at ringside. Finn Balor comes out to even the odds when Damian goes after Liv, and we got a nice parade of finishes as Liv takes out Rhea Ripley with a missile drop kick from the top rope. Styles lays out Priest with a phenomenal forearm, and Finn finishes him up with a coup de grace as the adjacent Bullet Club stands tall with the two sweets high in the air. And I love this. Finally, Liv, AJ, and Finn had a good day against Judgment Day. Five days out from their mixed six-person tag team match against Judgment Day at Hell in a Cell. And that could be a sneaky great match if given time. And if done creatively, this could be a show stiller when it's all said and done. And now it is time for our main event. Yes, our main event this week is a contract signing again featuring Bobby Lashley and Omos alongside MVP as Bobby Lashley will face Omos and MVP in a two-on-one handicap match at Hell in a Cell this Sunday. And MVP tells Bobby that it didn't have to come down to this, that I valued what we had, but you threw it away. You betrayed me, turned your back on me. So now I got to end you. On Sunday, and Bobby says, No, you didn't make me. I always knew my worth and value. You were my friend, but you took advantage of that. And MVP says, I was your brother, and you took advantage of that. So sign the damn contract already and stop talking. And Bobby signs the contract and said, You think you have the advantage here, two on one. But that means that this is a two way ticket to hell for the both of you. On Sunday, he signs a contract, and 
Adam Pierce lets us know it's official, but MVP says, I say when we're done, Adam, and I'm not done with Bobby just yet. So of course, tables flip. We got tables flying on the floor, chairs getting tossed aside, security guards trying to break up Omas, and Lashley, they all get beat down. It's just Omas and Bobby face-to-face until Cedric clips the leg of Bobby Lashley. He goes down for a bit, but Bob responds with a spine buster to Cedric Alexander, and that allows Omas to big boot Bobby Lashley, beat him up in the corner for a bit and set up a table in the corner. But as he goes after Bobby Lashley, Bobby avoids it, and he spears Omas through the table in the corner as Raw goes off the air promptly at 11.01 Eastern. And I thought this was an okay way to end the show. This is not a main event segment that is going to carry a pay-per-view by any stretch of the imagination. This was fine. I want Bobby to win this feud outright to be done with Omos once and for all. He needs to move on to bigger and better things. I think he can be a great challenger to Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship sometime this summer. But the sooner he gets away from Omos, the better, even though Bobby has carried this man to not one, not two, but three passable matches over the last couple of months. And that is four matches too many for me. I might give a slight exception to WrestleMania, but we got to let this go. It's time to oh, yell at this feud officially this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. And with that, this wraps up a pretty okay edition of Monday Night Raw. That third hour dragged with a 20-minute intermission. That was too damn long. I felt for Liv. I felt for the fans who were in the dark twice during that time frame. It's never a good thing. It kills the crowd's enthusiasm when you're watching video packages for 20 fucking minutes. It's irritating. And I can understand why a crowd would be dry during the infamous third hour low period of death. But I do like the card for Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Raw is carrying, obviously. SmackDown needs to bring up the rear by Friday because they have nothing of note to offer. And that's bad. So here's hoping WWE adds some matches from the SmackDown side of things between now and Friday. And on top of that, we got a busy weekend coming from WWE as we not only have Hell in a Cell on Sunday, but NXT in your house going down Saturday night at 8 o'clock p.m. EST on Peacock as well. It should be a good show. I hope NXT normally delivers on the big stage despite the TV show being shaky week to week. But I'm optimistic this will be a good show on Saturday to set the tone for Hell in a Cell on Sunday in Chicago. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 123 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestleTopia, where you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily, recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such WrestleTopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneUp as Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 72 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. Oh,